So stop putting pressure on finding that one thing and start looking to stack. Stacking the controllable behaviors that would feel good to have stacked. December 25th, 2018, it was our first Christmas in our new million dollar home. I checked all the boxes that promised me real freedom. I had a booming business, reaping fans, money, assets, and yet I was still sitting there on the couch pretending that I was watching that Christmas movie with my family while I was choking down the poison of anxiety. I still felt like that desperate kid who would take her clothes off for money, the kid who nearly overdosed to try to prove her worth to her friends, the kid that got pregnant at 19. I felt stuck, like I was stuck in the sands of time. I did all the right things, all the things that promised me freedom and it didn't add up. I realized a few things. I was still checking someone else's box. This was gonna be an inside job and I would do whatever it took to never feel that way again. Consider this podcast the rebranded, revamped, cool-ass version of Alternative School. Alternative School for the Unruly Entrepreneur. This is for the innovators, the creators, the world changers, the service-minded, and those who want the details on how to create a business that really, truly, finally, fucking sets you free. I'm your host, Andrea Crowder, and welcome to the Unruly Entrepreneur Podcast. Let's go to the show. Plateaus suck. (laughs) Let's just get it out there. Raise your hand if you've been in a plateau or you feel like you're in a plateau in your business now. It sucks, right? Because like we are hardwired to feel satisfied and happier when we've made progress. We don't need a lot of it, but we need some. And so what I want to do is I want to share you share with you guys how I got out of this income plateau that was kind of not kind of but pretty teetering on the on the same line for about 2 years. And then what I did to triple my business Um, So this was at the end of 2021. I was ending another year around the same income, in fact, at a slight dip from from the year before. And then um, the following year, I tripled my coaching income. And then the year after that, which is this year, I've doubled my coaching income. And so I wanted to share with you four things that I did to triple my coaching income in a year and then double it again in the next. So What I want to start with is a term I've never actually used before, but we're going to call it the pleasure model pause. So if you guys heard, I launched a program called the pleasure model in um, August of 2023, and it's basically where I teach the business model that I use today to be able to have numbers like tripled or doubled growth 
while being able to still sustain like a tremendous amount of rest. I just had a long like four day weekend. Like I don't overwork myself. There are certain days where I'm like, okay, I worked really hard today and I have a really, really nice um, balance. Not that every single day feels balanced, but overall when I zoom out, I have pretty nice balance because I know what my North Star is. I know, okay, I'm not willing to do it unless... It looks like this. If I want to get, let's say, okay, so this year will end the year, I don't know, probably like 1.5 million or something like that. I don't know. If I want to get to 3 million next year, what do I want it to look like and how do I want it to feel? So let's say you're at 20,000 and you want to get to 40,000 next year. Your numbers don't matter, but let's say you're ready for a surge of growth. What are you willing and not willing to do in order to achieve a surge of growth. So what do you place your attention and imagine for a second? When you get there, how do you want it to look and feel? What are your values? This is a big thing that I talk about all the time with my million dollar clients, with people who've never made six figures, with you know, people who've gone through my programs is like, what are your values? Do you value spaciousness? A lot of people get into entrepreneurship because they, number one, don't like to be told which to. (laughs) And number two, um, they want more spaciousness. They want to be able to work when they want to work and not when they don't. But then all of a sudden we build ourselves into working all the time. And then we have to disassemble a business that resembles a very bougie prison in order to actually truly have freedom. Most of us don't want to be told what to do, but we also highly value freedom and we slowly strip that away from ourselves with every micro decision along the way. So at the end of 2021, I knew that I was ready for a big burst of growth, but I also knew what I wasn't willing to do to get it. I knew when it was correct for me to say yes and correct for me to say no, because I could clearly see my North Star. And one of my big values is I have lots of values, um, simplicity. So we don't fuck with complex systems. <laughs> one of my values is spaciousness. So I only have usually like four clients at a time. And I usually only do calls on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Only outside of like rare things popping up. I almost never have calls on a Friday unless I really want to. And then the only call that I have on a Monday is I have one client. That's it. Otherwise, all my calls are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because I really value spaciousness. And so I know what my values are. I know that when I get to 3 million or get to 5 million or get to 10 million or get to 20 million or get to 50 million, it will all feel good to me because I know what to say yes and what to say no to because I know what I want it to look like when I get there and I make decisions through the lens of that future self model. If that future self model has it and she has spaciousness and she has room for creativity and she has room for depth and connection and in friendships and relationships, romantic, platonic, and professional, then she wouldn't be filling her calendar seven days a week, Right? She's going to make sure to build spaciousness into it. She knows what to say yes and what to say no to. 
Because otherwise, it's not just like all of a sudden you're taking a few things off. You really do have to disassemble how you built your business and how you trained people to treat you along the way based off of if you are making decisions through that North Star and that clarity. So take a pleasure model, pause, take a deep breath. You want that burst and you can have it and you can have it your way. <laughs> this is where like, I tell people, I'm like, we get selfish with the pleasure model because it's about having it and having your way because when you do, you have the energetic capacity to keep growing. And I know that there's not a single person who listens to my podcast that doesn't have some great deep impact that they're making on their clients. Whether you're a hairstylist, you're the hairstylist with fucking heart and you're the hairstylist that people want to sit in your chair because they just not only look better when they leave, but they feel better, right? If you are a business coach, if you make candles, like all of you guys, if you listen to this podcast, you have a richness about your energy. There is a specialness about your energy that people are so drawn to. And I feel like it is my divine opportunity, obligation. I only use that word one time when I say divine obligation because it feels good to me. It's like, it feels like this is why I'm here is to protect your energy so that you can go all the way so that you can be the most seen, have the greatest impact, have the greatest success. And, and that the journey, as Danielle Laporte says, one of my favorite quotes ever is the journey should feel the way you want the destination to feel. Doesn't that quote get you every time? It does me. (laughs) So Let's talk about the four things that I did to triple my coaching income in a year. We're going to talk about environment. We're going to talk about capacity, leverage, and then we're going to talk about unconscious conflict. So these are the four things that if I were to zoom out and look at, these had the greatest impact on being able to scale my business and scale it through the lens of the pleasure model. These four things would be the areas that I would sit down and focus on first. Number one is environment. I believe that my number one job above anything else as an entrepreneur is to maintain or manage my own energy. I do that through um, realigning my thoughts, my expectations, how I take care of my body physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, and who I spend time with. So environment is internal and external. And I feel like my internal environment has been pretty spot on. But one of the things that I noticed when I was um, feeling plateaued is, number one, I was finding the evidence as to why I was plateaued and I was letting that be my story. That doesn't mean that I wasn't having very real, very real uh, hurdles to overcome in my business. I was a full-time caretaker of somebody with PTSD, supporting children with mental health struggles, physically really, really exhausted all the time from, um, from, you know, being in such an environment and, um, there was still opportunity to work for me to overcome that anyway. So I was talking to my therapist at the time, Wayne Brown, who's, who was the first RRT facilitator that I ever worked with before I started exclusively working with Dr. Connolly. And he said to me one day, I was like, Wayne, I'm just so tired. I don't know why I'm so tired. And he just like laughed. He's like, you don't. And I was like, no. And he like listed off all the reasons he knew why I was tired. And he goes, and where's the opportunity to overcome 
these very real circumstances. The spiritual world would say like, it's all an illusion. Just get into your happy place or whatever. And like, we would just spiritually bypass ourselves. And he basically said what my dad tried to teach me my whole life, which was make peace with the conditions that you're in and then look for opportunities to improve it. My dad taught me that my whole childhood and I used to roll my eyes. And now Dr. Uh, Wayne Brown said it differently. And he said, where's the opportunity to overcome these very real circumstances? It doesn't matter whether in our mind, if we're in like a triggered state or whatever, you can't tell, you can tell someone none of this is real. You're in a triggered state. I had someone say that to me with like love because they didn't know what else to say not that long ago. And they're like, well, that's not real. And I'm like, I know that when I look externally at my reality, that everything is okay, but my internal environment says it's not. So saying it's not real doesn't help me. What helped was me making peace with the conditions I was in. So at this time, I had to make peace with the conditions that I was in as I was about to separate from the love of my life, leading to divorce. I didn't know what my future year was going to look like. I had no idea that we were going to have a house fire, that I was going to end up moving, leaving the home that we had just finished renovating, invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into, eventually deciding to divorce. I had no idea all of those things were were coming and especially after all of the things that had already occurred, right? But what I did was over and over and over, I made peace with the conditions that I was in. I was on an airplane this last weekend with um, my friend Dejan and she was getting really uncomfortable over the turbulence. And I was like, Dejan, we should be having turbulence right now. The The thought that the plane shouldn't be shaking was what it was actually creating the emotional disruption for her, right? And for me to say, like, it's fine. We're still in the air. We're all good. These fears aren't real. Wouldn't have been helpful to her, but I could offer a little bit of help by me holding my regulated emotion and feeling good and feeling okay and accepting, like, the plane should be a little shaky right now. We wouldn't go windsurf and expect that the the board wouldn't move underneath the waves, right? We expect it. And so if you're windsurfing, if that's your thing, or if you're paddleboarding, you're not like, wow, these my, my, my board shouldn't be moving. We're good with it because we see the waves underneath. And yet in the air, we're not seeing the waves of the wind. And so it feels more concerning to us, right? The truth is, is that we are, we are wind surfing in a different way with an airplane, right? So we made peace with the conditions that we were in. And was it helpful the whole way through? No. <laughs> Did one time I, I smack her on the shoulder and I said, oh, because we were in a, in a 
we accidentally ended up in a private plane. I have a whole nother story to tell you guys <laughs> about that. This weekend we were like professional wedding crash- crashers with somebody in our community, which was so fun. Um, more, more on that, but we ended up in a privately chartered plane. I had no idea my assistant booked this for us and we're like, wait, why are we getting onto a tiny plane? Dijon does not do well with big planes, let alone little planes. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> what are we going to do? Number one, I was like, smile a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that she's knows that you're good, right? And then also there were times where I would like slap her on the shoulder and be like, look, rainbow. And she would like get out of her head and she's like, wow, rainbow clouds. Like it was such a cool experience, right? So we made peace with the conditions that we were in. Letting our unconscious know that the waves, that the weather, that the air should be there. It's supposed to be. And where is the opportunity to overcome these very real circumstances? That was a game changer. That was a life changer. I'll carry that with me for the rest of my life. The next piece around environment is I joined a mastermind. I'm not saying that's what everyone's answer is, but I knew myself. I knew that I was, I knew that I needed like a jump start. I needed to be around fire starters. Like I am a fire starter, but I didn't feel like it in a moment. I was fatigued. I had spent the last two full years being pretty much a full-time caretaker for someone. I was tired. So I needed to be around other people that I could up-level my energy into. People who were making big moves, people who were who had good attitudes when the wind was rough, people who were fire starters in their own regard. So I paid to put myself into a position where I could be a part of that. And that was a really excellent decision. The other reason that I do very well in environments like that, and I'm not always in a mastermind. I'm not always working with a private coach. I haven't been in a mastermind all year long this year. And then I've worked with a private coach a little bit this year, I would say like a quarter of it. But I do it when I need it. I do it when it's going to be useful to me. And what I do really well with is when I have a place to celebrate my growth. Because when I'm excited about it and I could talk about it and I'm like, okay, now I know people are watching me, then I'm excited to keep it going. It feels fun to me. So that's why I created Stacking Club for other people. It's like I I needed that for myself. I paid, you know, I think like 16 grand to get into an environment like that. Stacking Club is... 75 bucks a month. <laughs> so, but I wanted a place where people could come and celebrate and be seen and be visible for every little area of growth that they could find. And so at first I had to look for where am I growing? And even if it wasn't in the areas that I wanted to at first, I was looking for the evidence of growth somewhere. And I was clinging onto it and I was just showing evidence to my unconscious. We're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing it. And then I would let that evidence bleed into other areas of my business, whether we got like new followers on Instagram, whether we did have an increase in income, whether we had an increase in new customers versus repeat customers, like wherever I could find data that would support that we're doing it, it's happening, I looked for it. I was looking for the evidence in which I was winning. Okay, so there's for internal and external environment. Next one is capacity. Capacity is... How do you grow beyond yourself? So this is team and systems. I knew 
that I was at a max capacity with how much I could do. I got my business to a half a million dollars with a part-time personal assistant who was really taking care of me, but really wasn't doing a whole lot in like the actual business part of things. I was handling all of that, setting up all the automations, doing the emails, all of the tech, all of that was done by me supporting the clients, creating the offers. I did it all, website, (laughs) everything. So I knew that in order for me to grow beyond that, I needed to start finding other people who were even better at those little micro tasks and delegating it to them so I can get some of my energy back to use it on things that would grow the business, which was primarily content and more offers. So if you're not at a place to hire somebody yet, look for systems. This is any sort of piece of technology that will save you time. One of the pieces of technology that has saved us the most time was DM automations. As soon as you could automate DMs in on Instagram, the way that we've been able to do in private messages on Facebook for years, I employed that, um, that system immediately. That I was an early adopter there and I'm so glad and it is not too late for you. <laughs> I would say like, man, if there were one system, if you know, people are like, oh, build your email list, this will build your email list. That's actually why I got into it is because everybody kept saying, build your email list. And I was, I literally said, I said a prayer, dear God, please give me a sexy way for me to build my email list <laughs> because I know I should be doing it, but I'm not. <laughs> And I need to find a fun way to do it. So as soon as the DM automations came out, that was how I started building my email list. And that has worked really, really well for me. So um, I did that first. And then I started adding on team one person at a time, slowly, part-time, then eventually starting bringing people into full-time. So the Third one is leverage. This is where I started to look at my offers because I wanted my offers to have longer, faster legs than I do. I I want my offers to last beyond my life and I want them to last beyond my energetic capacity. So I looked at like, what are other areas that people are constantly asking me for advice on that I have a lot of energy around teaching and I would either do a masterclass or I would do, or I would create like a micro niche program. I would always sell the program first before I created it so I could manage my energy the whole way. And then when I looked at old offers that I wasn't interested in doing single launches around, then I started bundling them together. So I'm like, okay, if I don't want to, I have a program that's been around for a while called 15 Minute Launch Coach, and I wasn't feeling energy around doing a launch specifically around the single program. But then I looked at that program with my other program, no doubt in the DMs, and then I paired it with one other thing. I can't remember what it was. And I did my first bundle sale ever, and I had like a 20K weekend cash. I'd never done that before for like a a cutie little 48 hour sale. (laughs) I was looking for where am I already resourced? How can I bundle things together and give them new life? Give my audience ways to get into programs in more of an accessible way. Then I was also looking for where are the holes and things that I'm already teaching people, maybe individually. I'm talking a lot about this with my private clients. It's even helped me in being able to support my private clients because if they ask a question during the middle of the week and we don't have a call for a few more days, I can be like, go listen to this episode in this program. 
and then they can get support without me having to try to like teach them all of it through a text message support or Voxer support or something. So I've tried a lot of different things. I played with just Voxer access for people. I didn't really love that. I did it once, didn't really do it again. I've done masterminds. I haven't done a mastermind in a really long time. I've done a short little burst four week mastermind. I used to do them quarterly. I value spaciousness a lot. So it just hasn't come up to where it's actually felt good for me to do a long-term mastermind again. I love private coaching, but I only work with four people at a time usually. So those are all the different things that I've tested. I've done, I've done programs that did really well out of the gate and made a lot of money immediately. And then I've done programs that have made very little money immediately, but eventually went into either a bundle offer or a sale offer and then made a lot of money in a different season. So I don't really care. I just, if my, if all my offers make money right away, I always look at an offer as like, what's going to be the lifetime value of this offer not what I'm making um, from it today, which took the pressure off of anything needed to needing to be majorly successful. I was just looking for the ideas or the offers that had the most energy, that felt the most energy rich, which is primarily what I teach in the, in the pleasure model. And I was just putting all of those out there. I wasn't launching anything that didn't feel energy rich to me. So doing all of this, if you look at the, the, the amount that I launched in 2022, in 2023. It's a lot. I've actually taken more spaciousness and more break in between my offers in 2023, but we've still out-earned what we did in 2022. So I'm creating less this year, but I'm still leveraging the things that I created last year and the year before that. So, um, and then the fourth one is unconscious conflict, a limiting conflict. So this is an area that I'm really excited to talk to you guys about because when you're like, okay, I want to go here and I want to do this, but I'm finding myself not doing it. And I even really want to, you might say to yourself, like, I know this would be so good for me. I, I want to, and yet I find myself not to me that's suggesting that there's an unconscious conflict around process or outcome process means doing it outcome means having done it. So closing your eyes and saying like, okay, if I do it, I'm afraid that, or if I've done it, I'm afraid that what comes up. So I had someone get onto a, I did a bonus Q and a call for my Amori money students a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was, yeah, a couple weeks ago. And someone came on and she goes, Andrea bought Amori money. And I know how good it will be for me to do it. And I find myself not being able to start. And I cleared the resistance for her in about 10 to 15 minutes while we're on that call. We did some RRT and I cleared it. And that feeling in her, I think she said there was like this pit in her stomach and it was just like something was getting in her way. I didn't even need to know what it was. In this case, I was able to locate it unconsciously without knowing exactly what it was. And we cleared that pit in her stomach and therefore all of that energy just got released and that energy can now be funneled into the thing that she wanted to use it for, which is doing the program and executing what, um, what would be useful to have done from the program, right? Okay. So what I want to tell you guys is I, after doing that, I'm like, you know, this is so easy for me to do. It's fun because I'm like, dang, I get to, it's like 
getting to do magic tricks <laughs> for my job. And I was like, why don't I do, why don't I do a live masterclass, so to speak? I don't know if we would call it a masterclass because I'm not necessarily teaching, but I'm opening up a space for people to jump on at a specific day and time soon where we can do for you what I did for her that day, which is if there's that pit in your stomach or something in your chest or just something where you're like, I know it would be useful to do. I actually did multiple people at the same time. So it wasn't just her. I said, raise your hand if you are also feeling this way. And we looped those people in and we cleared everyone together. So I wanted to do is to do a live Um, a live time where we all get together and I clear whatever that resistance is for you so that you can go do the thing that you're like, I really do actually want to do this and I can't figure out why I'm not. So if you guys check, I haven't even decided what I'm calling this. I just know I'm doing it and I'm doing it in 2023. So if you guys want to be a part of that or if you want to know when I launch that offer, I think it's going to be like something so minimal. So if you guys were to get on my calendar with me and do a private uh, intensive, my private intensives cost um, $1,777. I think I'm going to do this for like 159 bucks because I can do all of you guys together at once. We can just get that pit in your stomach and just melt that baby, whatever it is in your chest, just melt that baby so that you can go do the thing that you're like, I really actually want to say by the end of the year that I fucking did this because I'm tired of waking up every day knowing that it would be good to have done and still having not. So that would be fun for me and such an honor to be able to get on and to support you guys with that. So check the um, link in the description area to get onto the wait list for that and we will announce the time and day. What I'm thinking is, is that you have to be live. So I'll pre-announce the time and day and you guys check your calendar and make sure you can come and then block that calendar and hold it like the most sacred space on your calendar because here's what I'm going to do. I'm not giving you a recording. I'm holding you accountable to getting this clear. So you've got to show up for the live. Good with that? I'm holding you accountable to getting this clear and all you have to do is show up and I will get it clear. It's my job to make sure it gets clear. It's your job just to show up and be present with me so I can get the job done for you. And then you can go about your business and be like, finally, that thing that's been in my awareness, that's been sucking up energy every time I think about it. I'm like, oh, why haven't I done that yet? Why haven't I done that? Let's fucking get that shit out of the way. We're not taking that with us into 2024. No, (laughs) no, we are not taking that with us into 2024. You guys, the last little message that I want to leave you with, so remember those four steps, environment, capacity, leverage, and then unconscious conflict. Let's eliminate that. The last message that I want to leave you guys with is it's never one thing. It's never one investment into a program. It's never one investment into a coach. It's never one investment into a new system. It's never one investment into a team member. It's all of those little teeny things stacked. 
whenever I like go to a restaurant, I'm like, oh, I want perfect bite energy. So I'm just like taking little different things and you look at like, okay, I want a mushroom and I want a little risotto and I want a little balsamic and I want like some Parmesan. Like it wasn't just one thing. It was all of it together, all of that flavor that just combusts and creates that burst. That perfect bite energy burst has layers. So don't get wrapped up into the bullshit of like, if you just sign up for this one course, it's going to be the end all be all. Even if you, well, first of all, I'm not going to ever say that to you. But second of all, even if you think like Andrea is the thing, like her program is the thing, like it might be the thing that gets you over the edge only because it was like the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, because you had already layered so many things on top of it. So stop putting pressure on finding that one thing and start looking to stack. Stacking the controllable behaviors that would feel good to have stacked. That when you think about them and you imagine having done them, you feel this surplus, this burst, this reminiscing and an increase of energy. When I thought about how I wanted to use my day today, I wasn't thinking like, I'm so excited to record podcasts. I was thinking, I am so excited to have recorded podcasts. That would feel like such a burst of energy. And so then I got myself into the energy of, okay, then how do I record the podcast where I'm feeling that juice, that, that goodness, that excitement? I pulled the energy of having done it into the process of doing it. But I know that my next area of growth isn't, podcasting isn't this, isn't that. It's all of it stacked. All of those flavor profiles coming together to create that burst of perfect bite energy. That's what I see you seeking. That's what I see you savoring. That's what I see you celebrating all the way into a fucking remarkable end of the year and beginning of 2024 check the description area. I dropped so many goodies for you guys. So check the description area of this podcast. And if you find this useful and you know someone else who is either in a plateau or ready for that perfect bite energy burst, please share this episode with them. I love you guys so much. As always, Andrea dropped the mic. I'm Lorelai Taylor, COO of The Unruly Entrepreneur. If you enjoyed listening, please follow, review, and share with your friends. As always, anything mentioned in the show will be detailed in the show notes. And to keep up with everything going on with Andrea, check her out at love underscore Andrea Crowder on Instagram and check her links for some fun surprises too. Thanks for listening. We're so glad you're here.